0: Matthew chapter 6. If you're able to stand, please stand with us as we read from the Word of God. And I'm going to read a longer passage, and we're not going to deal with it verse by verse. We'll just be, from time to time, pointing out some important things in this passage. Matthew 6, and let's begin in verse 24, where the Bible says... Actually, let's back up a little further to verse 19 because I will make mention of this passage also. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, There will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. No man. Jesus said that, by the way. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold, look at, watch, the fowls of the air. Be a bird watcher. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. You never see them at a Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this blessed old book, how it speaks to us, how it guides us and teaches us and instructs us and reproves us. The entrance of thy word giveth light. We thank you for it. We thank you for the reality of that simple song we heard a moment ago. Sin tries to keep us from it, but it can keep us from sin. Lord, would you bless tonight as we consider principles from this blessed old book. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I really want to spend a lot of our time just looking at this statement in verse 33 where it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to speak on this subject, our first priority. Uh, Yesterday I had a conversation with a young man, uh, just a brief conversation, who graduated from our Christian school many years ago. He's now pastoring a church. And we were just kind of catching up a little bit and small talk and in the course of the conversation he asked a question. He said, are you staying busy? And I said, of course I'm bored to death actually, but thanks for asking. (laughs) But as part of my response to him, I said, sometimes I feel like we spend a lot of our time on things of lesser importance. Leaving less time for the things of greater importance. I'm talking about myself. I think we do that sometimes. I think we all struggle with that. What should be our first priority? And what should we just consider? What, co- what should we consider as our priorities in life? First of all, let's define the word priority. Uh, Webster's 1828 dictionary defines priority as having precedent over other things. In other words, it's more important than other things. It should come before other things. Think about this word, priority. Prior is the first part of the word. Prior means before. A prior engagement means I've already made an engagement. I made it before. A priority takes precedent over things of lesser importance. Um. This friend yesterday asked me, you know, how much I've been playing golf or if I ever play golf or do I like to play golf or something. And I actually, I I greatly enjoy playing golf uh, with certain people. Uh, Some people, like Steve Sides, can't keep score. But other than, but most people, most people I enjoy playing golf with. Um, But he, he said, but I said to him, I don't. I don't play maybe once or twice a year. And yet I enjoy it, I greatly enjoy it. But, there, but you know what, it's not a priority to me. It, it seems like often there are things that are of greater importance than going and playing golf. Priority means a certain things should be done first. Now when you ask a person questions, about things that should come first. Some people would say, for instance, that family should always come first. Maybe you say that. Other people would say that to me. I think family always come first. We've heard a missionary presentation tonight. Some people would say missions and soul winning should always come first. Uh, Some people would say because because of the biblical responsibility to provide for their family, that work should always come first. Work is always takes precedent. If you look at this text that we read in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus is teaching in this Sermon on the Mount, in this particular portion of it, uh, several general topics about life. For instance, in verse 24, he's talking about our relationship with money. No man can serve two masters, and he says you cannot serve God and mammon. Talking about money, riches, material things. In verse 25, he's talking about what we eat and drink. Take no thought for your life, what you can eat, what you drink. I mean, all of us can relate to this. This is a part of life. What do you do? How about money? How do you manage your money? You know, what about what are we supposed to eat? In verse 25, the last part of verse 5, he talks about uh, our raiment, the body more than raiment, talking about clothing. In verses 28 and 29, he says, why take you thought for raiment? Ladies, please. Take note of this verse. Why are you anxious and worried about what you're going to wear? That'd be a good place for an amen. <laughs> Not that my wife ever even thinks about it, but I'm just telling you. Some people do. Why well, take your thought? And the word thought doesn't mean that you think about what am I going to wear tomorrow. It's being anxious and worried and fretful. And then he gives the story about the lilies. how they that You never see them out, you know with a sewing machine, making a dress or skirt or shirt, they God takes care of them and dresses them beautifully. He talks about clothing. Verse 26, he talks about nutritional needs and eating. And, you know, God takes care of the, of the fowls of the air. In verse 27, he says, "What of you taking thought can I add one cubit into a stature? I know that that's true. You can't You can't get any taller by thinking about it. If you could, when I was in high school, I would have added several inches to my height because I thought I needed them. But you can't do that. He talks about things we all think about, how we look, what are we going to wear, what are we going to eat, all these kinds of things. But in verses 32 and verse 33, he says, but for after these things do the Gentiles seek. Now the Gentiles is a word talking about people in the world. Lost people, not God's people, not ch- but people who are, people who are Gentiles. They're, they're thinking the same kind of thing. They're fretting over the same kind of stuff. They're worrying about the same kind of stuff. They're consumed with that. The Gentiles do. Verse 32, for your heavenly Father knowing that you have need of all these things. He knows you need these things verse 33 this i have the word priority out in the margin of my bible verse 33 but seek ye first have the word first underlined but seek ye first the kingdom of god make this your first priority now what is the kingdom of god what is the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is god's rule and dominion it's his it's the place that he rules And our first priority, young person, your first priority should be the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't think about if these shoes, if these black shoes go with this, these navy blue slacks. It doesn't mean you shouldn't think about those. But those aren't the things that should consume the most of our attention. The first thing that the most important thing for you, young person, is the kingdom of God. One day, one day, this is not all that this is talking about, but one day, Jesus Christ will literally, actually, physically return to this earth. Now he'll return before that, he'll return in meet us in the air and take us away and we'll be with him. But then he's going to come back to this earth and set up his kingdom on this earth. And he's going to rule and reign. And he's going to make the world great again. Amen. Amen. He's going to set up his kingdom on this earth. and It's just unbelievable how wonderful it's going to be. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. He will put down all authority and power. And he will be the king. But that's not the kingdom of God that we're in at this moment. Well, then what does it mean seeking first the kingdom of God? Let me tell you where God rules now. In the sense that this is talking about. He rules in the hearts of his subjects. He rules in our life. If it would help you take this home with you, I would say this a hundred times in a row. He rules in the life of His subjects. Jesus said this in Luke's Gospel, the kingdom of God is within you. You know where the kingdom of God is tonight? Tonight? It's in here. He rules. Amen. I'm not the Lord, and He's the subject. He's the Lord, and I'm subject unto Him. He's King. He's King. And you ought to ask yourself tonight, is Jesus the King of my life? Does He rule and reign in my life? That's the kingdom He's talking about. It's his kingdom in the hearts of people. John uh, John chapter 3, Jesus said this, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. A lot of people know nothing about the kingdom of God because they've not been born again. They don't have a king living within them. There are people sitting right here tonight looking at me, listening to me, and you have no concept of the kingdom of God because he is not ruling in your life. The kingdom is within us. We have a king living inside of us. He's our king. Amen, right? That's exciting, isn't it? He's our king. And Jesus said to people, and it pertains to this, Jesus said to people, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say unto you. Why do you you say I'm your Lord and you don't obey me? You 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 don't do what I want you to do. He's not your Lord. But when He comes in, He comes in as King. He comes in as Lord. So what does this have to do with priorities? It has everything to do with priorities. This is the context of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is speaking about everyday topics of life. He's speaking about our wardrobe. He's speaking about our diet. Speaking of diets, I have a bone to pick with the men in the small group Wednesday night downstairs in the office that ate the can of chocolate chip cookies. I just think we need to call them out right now. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I asked Justin about it because it's a pretty serious matter to me. The, the, the quill salesman dropped off some chocolate chip cookies. And we've been wondering why he hadn't brought them for a while, and he brought them last week. So I'm excited about it. So I go in there Friday, and they're almost all gone. All the good ones are gone. So I asked Justin, you have any, have any knowledge of this? And this is what Justin said. Your wife called and said, you're on a diet. (laughs) And it would be best for us to go ahead and eat them. (laughs) And I quote him that verse. Pants are on fire. Jesus is teaching about things like your wardrobe, your diet, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. He's talking about your financial business, your affairs, how you spend your money, what you do with your money. And in the course of that, and that's the world that we live in. That's the world we live in. Who's gonna help us decide? Who's gonna provide for us? In the course of that, Jesus said, don't seek those things first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Keep his kingdom his rule, his dominion as priority one in your life. Now that's really the message for tonight. I'm not finished, but that's the message for tonight. God, young person, God should come before everything else. God should be first. Nowhere in the Bible do you ever find where God says, I'll be satisfied with second place. God's not satisfied with second place. He wants to be first in our life. He comes before family. He comes before work. He comes before church. He comes before outreach. And by the way, we can make a strong argument that none of us are capable of being what we should be to our family what we should be on the job, what we should be in our Christian service unless we're seeking His kingdom first. If someone asks me, and people have asked me, if I think the church or family should be first, and I say without hesitation, neither one. God should be first. You see, if God's first, it'll help you with your family. If God's first, you'll be what you ought to be in your church. I believe our relationship to our family is very important. I believe our relationship to our church is very important. And I believe being rightly related to God helps us fulfill both of those responsibilities without compromise or conflict with the other ones. Our responsibility, young person, is put Jesus Christ first in our life. If He's not first in your life, there's something wrong in your life spiritually. If we're seeking Him first, that's what He wants us to do. And it's equally true in the matter of missions. We've heard about missions and evangelism. This morning I preached about outreach and evangelism and, and witnessing and those kinds of things. Listen, if a person... Please hear me. If Let's just back up. Say this way. What, what would you, what, If you were to ask God, if you were to imagine in your mind, if you were to think, what does God... Think about missions. What does God think about evangelism? What does God think about outreach? Let me ask you, do you think God cares about that? Do you think God cares about lost people? Do you think God cares about people in Papua New Guinea who've never heard the gospel? Does God care about those people? Absolutely God cares about those people. Then why do I not care about those people? If I don't care about those people, it's not because there's something wrong with God, and it's not because there's something wrong in New Guinea, it's because something's wrong in my relationship to God. Keep God first. If you'll keep God first, it'll make your family better. If we'll keep God first, it'll make our understanding of God's will for our finances better. And it'll it'll help us understand God's will as far as outreach is concerned. You see, if God's ruling in your life, if God is ruling in my life, then there will be an interest in reaching people with the gospel. There will be an interest in reach giving to the work of missions, witnessing to other people, supporting the ministry with our prayers. In this context of Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about making God our first priority. God wants to be First. You know, somehow by the grace of God, many years ago, my wife and I were helped to understand that God wants first place. I believe He wants the first part of our day. My days go better when I start them out with God. Now I realize some people can't make that happen, or maybe you're so... Your brain is such a fog in the morning that you don't even know anything but where to find the coffee pot. I understand that. But for most of us, it's best to start. We have people in our church who get up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, not because they have to be at work at that time, but because they want to spend time with God in the Bible and prayer before they go to work. I think the first part of the day ought to belong to God. Don't save don't save your Bible reading in prayer time until you're so sleepy that you can't think about anything else. Well, I better read a few verses of the Bible. God deserves more than that. God deserves better than that. Give God the first part of your day. Give God the first part of your dollar. The first part. Not what's left over. I've done this many times. I've done it with teenagers. I've done it in a church setting like this. And almost every person that I know that goes to church any time at all knows that God wants the first part of their money. But it's amazing how many people don't do that. Am I right or wrong? You don't have to say anything because you all had to plead the fifth. I'm telling you, it's amazing what God can do. And you know, think about it. This, money's, this is not about giving. This is not a sermon about giving. It's about putting God first. But it says something about our understanding of God. If we think we can make ten-tenths go further, then God can make nine-tenths go. Now, you don't have to be a mathematician to know a person who believes that doesn't really have a very good view of God. Give God the first part. Young person, if you're if you've got a summer job and you have a part-time income, give God the first part. You say you don't know how hard it was for me to get that. I'm just telling you, you'll be better off. You'll be better off. Give God the first part of the day. Give part of the, God the first part of your paycheck. Give God the first day of the week. God deserves it. Life goes better. You know, but here's the problem. It's hard to convince a person whose heart is not in it that that can work. If their heart's not in it, they don't understand. How can that work? How can it work if I just give God some time in the morning before I begin my day? How can it work if I take the first part of what I make and give it to God? How can it work if I, if I, make a, I only have so many days off and so many hours off and Sunday is the day that all I can think about is all I get to, have to get done? What if I give God the first... I'm telling you, it works. God blesses it. It's about giving God the first... Seek ye first... The kingdom of God seek that first in this passage tonight in this text of Matthew chapter 6 there are a whole lot of um, thoughts or principles uh, suggestions really for making God our first priority and I'm I'm only gonna deal with a few of them actually only about 37 of them but he talks about a few things I want to mention First of all, he talks about our focus, and I just want to touch on that. Look what he says in verses 22. The light of the body is the eye. You ever heard that statement, the light is the window of the soul? The light of the body is the eye, what you see. And if your eye is focused, if your eye is single, the whole body is full of light. But if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. He's talking about Our focus. Where are, where's our attention? Sometimes people are so distracted. They're, they got their mind on so many things. Their, their attention is so divided. I'm reminded of James's words where he says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let me ask you something, young person. If you had to answer, what would you say? What are you living for? You know, the Bible says, Colossians, Paul writing the Colossians. He says, Seek those things that are above. You know, sometimes when you sing about heaven, you can almost tell that some people don't really get it. You know, because they're so earthly minded. There's so much stuff going on in, in their world. They can't really think about the wonders of heaven. We've heard about heaven several times today, and I've just been thrilled thinking about it. Seek those things that are above. Look in verse 19. He's talking about your focus. Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal things. Things in this earth, they break. They deteriorate. They break down. I spent hours the other day working on a plumbing problem. I told my wife, I said, I'm just convinced that you should have married a plumber. (laughs) I'm not spiritual enough to be a plumber. Things break down. Don't don't lay up all yourself these treasures on earth, but verse 20 lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Invest in heaven where things will never break down. Rust doesn't corrupt, and moth doesn't corrupt, and thieves can't break through. And still, where is your focus? Is your focus, Jesus is, where is your focus in this life? Think about that tonight. Where do I spend most of my attention? Is it earthly or is it heavenly? That's why he says in verse 24, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and riches. We all need money. You know, if you've got some money you just want to get rid of, I know a place to... I know a place you can invest it. But all of us, we we need money. But we don't live for money. Money can't bring satisfaction. Money can't bring happiness. What are you living for? And so many people, Wondering, why is life not working for me? And I think sometimes it's just because our focus is wrong. We're just thinking about this life. We're not in, God never intended for us to be thinking of just about this life. So we have our focus, and then also we have what I'll call our heart. You know, that primary verse we're looking at tonight in verse 33 Seek ye first. There's implied in that seeking for something, looking for something, that it must be something of value. It's something you're looking for. It's something that you put importance on. And way, look what it says in verse 32. After all these things to the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles are looking to find happiness in all these things, but they're not happy. Look at them. They're not happy. Where's our heart? I, re- I refer to that Colossians 3 where it says, Seek those things above. And that same passage says, set your affection on things also above. Set your affection the things you care about. We're talking about our heart. You know, our values should be different. Young person, your values should be different than your lost friends and lost family members. We Things, things ought to matter to us that don't matter to them. If, all, if everything that matters to you matters to the Hollywood crowd, something's wrong. Our values should be different. Look what he says in verse 21 there. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be. You know, we need our heart in this thing of serving God. We want, listen, none of us in here, nobody in this room that understands spiritual things would say that they've arrived, that they've perfected this matter of living for Christ. But I'll tell you what a lot of people in this room would say. We want Him to rule over us. We want Him in charge of our life. I don't know that I articulated it that way, but I know, my wife and I know, that when we got saved... In 1975, we, we didn't just want religion. We wanted somebody to take charge of the mess we called our life. We want, and by the way, nothing's changed in all these years. We still need him. We need Him running our life. We, it's in our heart. We want to please Him. We want to serve Him. Nobody twists our arm and says, oh no, we, we got to go to church again. No, we want to be here. We want to love the Lord. We want to read the Bible. How do you get to where you're putting him first? Keep your focus right. And get your heart in it. Ask yourself, is my real heart really in this? Serving God and loving God and... Giving to missions, is my heart really in it? And then a third thing, and that's our concerns. He talks in here about our concern about our food, our concern about our clothing, our concern about material things. And it's natural to think about that. Now, it's not natural to think about it as much as some people think about it. But it's natural to think about that. Does this tie go with this? I asked my wife this morning about this tie. Now, I know the red goes with the black. And the black, there's black in there goes with the black. But there's some light blue in there. I spent, I spent a good part of the morning, four or five, no, I didn't. We ought to think about stuff like that. But that's not what he's talking about here. Look in verse 25 where he says, take no thought for your life. That means don't be worried about it. Don't be fretful about it. Don't be anxious about it. He's talking about what you're going to eat. What you're going to drink, what you're going to put on, what kind of clothes you're going to wear, those kind of things. Look what he says in verse 28. Take no thought for raiment. Don't be anxious and worried about it. Verse 31, take no thought saying what you we? eat. He said that three times. You know what he says, because that's all you, that's your concern. What are you concerned about? These are warnings about being anxious and worried about what the Gentiles are worried about. You know what we ought to be concerned about? We ought to be concerned about the things of God. We ought to be concerned about the people in New Guinea that don't even have to ever, ever worry and fret. Probably about what they're going to eat. They eat the same thing all the time. They're like a lot of those people. They have some staple, some paste. I call it paste. It's not called that. We've eaten some of it. When we are in Africa, we ate it. A little bit different, but sort of like it. It's stuff that's all kind of worked up together. It's kind of like Play-Doh in a way. But when they get it, they love it. And they put this great big old blob of it. And then they eat it with their hands. And my wife will tell you this happened every time I went through the line. Because we went through the line too. And I said, you know, I'm not very hungry. Just give me a little bit of it. (laughs) They don't worry about all this stuff. We ought to be worried about getting the gospel to people. We ought to be thinking about how, how can I change my lifestyle that I could have more money to give to missions? That's the kind of way we ought to think. How could I change my lifestyle that I could do more for the cause of Christ? Our concern. What is your concern? Is your concern about lost people, about starting churches, about evangelism, about winning people to Christ? Or is our concern just about the things the world thinks about? Our focus, our heart, our concern. Look in verse thirty. What about our faith? What about our faith? He says, "O ye of little faith." And then he says this in this passage, in this text context, more than once. Look in verse twenty-six. This is convicting to me. Verse twenty-six. Be the fowls of the air. Look at the fowls of the air. Watch them they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Watch this phrase here. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Your, your heavenly Father. The one that saved you. The one that is preparing a place for you. He takes care of the birds. Your heavenly Father. Look in verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. This is one thing we need if we're going to keep God is our first priority. It's not on the right focus and having our heart right and having the right concerns. But realize that our Father can be trusted. Could you not trust your Heavenly Father? We sang that song tonight about how God keeps us. He keeps us. I don't deserve to be kept. If I had to keep myself saved, I wouldn't have a hope. But He keeps us. You know why? Because He loves us. And He's our Father. He can be trusted. He takes care of the birds. Do you believe He takes care of the birds? Sure He does. You're much, of much more value than the birds. Our faith, we ought to be trusting Him. And then the last thing. These are just things in this passage that help us understand how we can make God our first priority. But the last one is verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The reward, all these things shall be added. He'll make sure you have clothes to wear. He'll make sure you have food to eat. Now I hadn't looked real, real close, but last time I checked, most of us aren't starving to death. He takes care of us. He, hey, you may, you may think, you may think, well, I go to job and I make money and I buy my clothes and I put food in the refrigerator. I mean, I'm the breadwinner and you ought to be. But last time I checked, it's God that gives you the power to make wealth. He's the one that gives you the job. God takes care of us. I mean, we got it pretty good tonight. We're sitting in an air conditioned building. You even get to sit down during this stuff in a comfortable chair. Most of you are raised in a Christian home. We live in the greatest country on the planet. Who's responsible for giving us all this stuff? Is it us? Did I do that? Did you do that? Did we somehow collectively earn or deserve this? No. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. He takes care of us. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the lilies of the field. Surely He can take care of us. Hey, this is all that I wanted. It took me a long time to say it, but this is all I wanted to say tonight. Keep Put God first. And keep God first. Not second, not third. First. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God will take care of us. Brother Riley, God will take care of you. I understand your struggles. I understand trying to figure it out. How's this gonna make, how can we make this work? But I'm telling you, God will take care of us. Just keep Him first. There are people here tonight that agree they know what I'm talking about. There are people here tonight, and I'm not saying this to be harsh. I'm saying this because I care about you. There are some here that you don't even know what this means. Maybe you've made a profession of faith. Maybe you've been baptized. But if you really answer yourself sincerely, answer yourself, Be honest with yourself. Can you honestly say that Jesus Christ is the King of my life? That the best I know how, I obey Him. I consult Him. I honor Him. I seek His advice. I follow His commands. If you can't say that, then you have reason to be concerned tonight. Because this is about the kingdom of God within our lives. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall be added unto you. And tonight, you may be here thinking, I need, I need to get this matter figured out. Tonight would be a good night. Maybe tonight you've been where I've been a lot of times. Worrying and fretting. How am I going to make this happen? What about this? What about that? It convicts me when I read verses like this. Doesn't it? It convicts me. Can't my Heavenly Father be trusted? He sent His Son to die on a cross for my sins. For me. Me. This worthless piece of flesh. He sent His Son to die for me. He loves me. You may not understand that. I sure don't understand it, but He loves me. He can be trusted. Shame on me for not trusting Him. Amen? Amen.